will conclude, uh, Lord willing, this sermon this evening on the freedom giver. The freedom giver. In Exodus chapter 13, we'll read verses 17 through 22, and then we'll read in chapter 14 as well. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God had led them not through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Last peradventure the people repent when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall carry up my bones away hence with you. And they took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Verse 10 of chapter 14, if you would please take a look there. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Let's pray. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to once again open up your word and be able to preach your word. What an honor and privilege it is to be able to share your word with your people. And Father, I pray that I would do it justice. I pray that I would not say those things that would be um, unimportant or contrary to your word. I pray that I would only say those things that would be in line with your word. I pray, Father, that I would only teach the principles that are found in your word. I pray that I'd be true to you and true to your word. And Father, I ask that you would help us this evening to um, apply biblical principles unto our hearts and our lives, that we may be better Christians today than we were yesterday. I pray that we'd walk with you. I pray that we would desire to know you in a greater way. And Father, I pray that you would give each and every one of us what we need emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually this evening. I pray that this church would continue to be a lighthouse. I ask that we would see people come to know you and that your name would be lifted up, that you would be glorified, that you would have preeminence in all things. We ask you for this. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I hope as a church we never get to the point where the prayer before the message is just something that we have to do before we get to the good stuff. It is better for us to talk to God than it is to talk to man. Prayer is the work. Let us never just go through the motions just to be able to, okay, check, we did, we did singing, check, we did offering, check, we did prayer time, check, now we're, oh man, we're almost there, we do sermon, invitation, and then we're done. I hope that's our, never our attitude. I hope that we always come realizing that when we come to church, we are coming to worship the Creator God. That we are here to be able to engage with the God of all the universe that sent his son to die on Calvary's cross for our sin. He didn't have to do that, but he did because he loves us. And we have not the obligation, 
But we have the privilege of coming and worshiping him. I hope that that is our attitude. Because we have found, we, we have found Christ and we know Christ is our personal savior, we've been given freedom. We've been given freedom from the bondage of sin. This is a picture, the nation of Israel here is a picture of what happens when someone gets saved. And I mentioned to you this morning that, that uh, e uh, the Israelites had been in Egypt for 430 years and for over 400 years they were in slavery. They're now released from slavery. They, they, have found, they have this newfound freedom. And what I believe the Word of God is trying to teach us here is more than just a history lesson on the nation of Israel. Though, it does contain the history of the nation of Israel. But this whole book, from Genesis to Revelation, is all about one person, and that person is the Lord Jesus Christ. Every book of the Bible is to point us back to Christ. It is to help us see what Christ has done for us and what Christ can do in us so that he can be glorified in our life. And so if we just look at maybe sometimes an Old Testament book or uh, maybe a minor prophet or something like that as maybe just some history or uh, a nice story that we've learned maybe in Sunday school or, or whatever the case may be, we miss what the overarching theme is for us to learn. And it's to point us back to Christ. And, and the book of Exodus is showing us is showing us how one can experience freedom in Christ, and especially this portion of Scripture here, if we follow three truths. I mentioned to you this morning that if you're going to experience freedom in Christ, you must, you must follow God. It's, uh, freedom in Christ is enjoyed by following God. And we find this in, in Exodus chapter 13, 17 through 22. You know the route was not short. It was a long way around. But God knew exactly what he was doing. It didn't catch God by surprise. Matter of fact, he led them. What I find interesting is he led them to where they found themselves. And with that, I want us to lead into the second point here this evening, that if we're going to enjoy freedom in Christ, we must trust God. Not only must we follow God, but we must trust God. We see it in Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Would you look there with me, please? In Exodus chapter 14, verses 1 through 12, freedom in Christ is enjoyed by trusting God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before Pihath Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea over against Baal Zephon. Before it ye shall encamp by the sea. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut, has shut them in. Now this is the way that human eyes see it. Remember, God had led them there. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart Verse 4, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of servants were turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. 
And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captain over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them encamping by the sea besides Pi-hath-hi-roth and Baal-zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Isn't it amazing when God leads us into difficult circumstances so that we can learn to trust him, most of the time we're just like the children of Israel. They cried out to God. But do you see what they did? They said, Moses... Why have you led us this way? Moses was the man of God just following what God had told him to do. He was following the, the pillar of cloud and the, and the pillar of fire, just like the rest of the nation of Israel. He was just following God. But many times what happens is when God leads us into difficult circumstances so that we can enjoy him in a greater way, we start to complain. We start to question God. We start to question uh, what, uh, what he has done and if he knows exactly what he is doing. Hey, they were saying it's better for us if we would have just stayed in Egypt. Let me ask you a question. Do you think it was better for you to stay unsaved? Do you think it's better for you to be able to stay underneath the bondage of your sin? Do you think it's better for you to stay underneath the weight of that guilt? Do you think it's better for you and for me to be able to stay that way so that that way one day if we were to die without Christ, we'd be able to spend eternity in hell? Is that really better? Well, of course not. They said, let's just go back to Egypt. We should have never left Egypt. Wait a second. The reason that they left Egypt was so that they could experience freedom. And the reason that we have been set free in Christ through salvation is so that we can enjoy the freedom that we have in Christ. Because just because you are free from the burden of sin does not mean that you will enjoy the freedom that you have in Christ. There's many Christians today that go about their Christian life and they live as if they've never been set free. They live as if they are still underneath bondage. They live as if they have no hope. They live as if God had made a mistake. And the simple fact of the matter is, God hasn't made a mistake. If you followed him, that means he's led you to where you're at. So that if you're going to enjoy freedom in Christ, you've got to trust him now. You're between the rock and a hard place. You, you, You know about that place, don't you? How many have ever visited there in your lifetime once or twice, right? Yeah. Between a rock and a hard place. Or you're at the corner of wit's end and I have nowhere to turn. You know? Where, the, where those two streets meet. I'm at my wit's end and I've got nowhere to turn. 
You say, but pastor, all that I've been doing is I've just been obedient unto Christ and I've, I've just been following Christ and now look at where I find myself. Now, that's okay. If God's led you there, just learn to trust him. It's estimated there were about 2 million people that were liberated from slavery. And I want you to think about the logistics of providing for 2 million people in the wilderness. Hey, folks, our church is about 300 folks. There's no way that I would want the burden of having to provide for 300 people for one day, let alone for undisclosed amount of time. I, I don't know if Moses knew how long it was actually going to take them if they, if they would have been obedient. It probably only taken a couple days, actually. But two million people to provide for? That was great faith on Moses' part to be able to step out. Like he, was, he was trusting God. If you lined them up, it said if you lined up the, the children of Israel, those two million people, side by side, it's estimated that they would have stretched 40 miles into the wilderness. The provision that would have been needed, daily provision, would have been 30 boxcars of food and 300 tanker cars of water a day. Moses had to be trusting God, and so did the nation of Israel. And God had led the nation to what seemed to be an impassable body of water. That was what's in front of them. The, the, the nation of Egypt was behind them. From a human perspective, they were totally trapped. There was no way out. There was no escaping. But the point is that if we are going to learn to trust God, we must see our own weaknesses and need, but we, almost, we also must see the power of God. Take a look, if you will, please, in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his host that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. See, if we're going to learn to trust God, we've got to recognize our own need. We've got to recognize our own weakness. And when we recognize that, the flip side of that is trusting in the power and in the provision of God. The nation of Israel found themselves in a very vulnerable position. But what seems to be a vulnerable position to us is really an opportunity to be able to trust God. You ever felt like you've been in a vulnerable position, like you don't know what's going to happen next? But when we find ourselves in that position, we have a great opportunity to put our total trust and confidence in God. The other day, I was, <clears throat> I was praying about, so I was praying about the future. And this doesn't happen often to me, but I was praying about the future, and I was thinking about the future, and I said to the Lord, well, Lord, I'm just going to have to trust you, and you'll provide. Because I saw, I, I saw no way out of it. I'm thinking, this doesn't line up, this doesn't line up, this, and I'm going through everything. It just doesn't line up. And you know when you have that heart of trust. There's just complete confidence. It's almost like 
It's almost like you know that if there would be a hammock behind me and I would just go, I just fall back because I know it's going to catch me. There's complete peace in your heart and you know when you're not, when you're not trusting because there's a little bit of anxiety. There's just a little bit, oh, I wonder if God. But I'm going to be honest with you. At that point, I was completely trusting God. I just said, Lord, you're going to have to do something. Not 24 hours later, I get a phone call. And the interesting thing is, this what the, the phone call from the person that I was dealing with, <clears throat> I had already, the, 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 the situation was, it was already dead, it was done, it was over with, I thought nothing of it, and so I thought, that's not the answer. Person called up on the phone and said, Pastor, and they laid it out. And then some other things fell in place, and I was like, Thank you, Lord. He took what was dead and he raised it back to life again. And the thing that I thought that was dead, that well, it's just, just not going to happen. That's okay. God, you're going to have to figure something else out. He raised it from the dead back to life so that I could be able to trust him. See, I wish I could say that all my prayers were answered in 24 hours all the time. I can't say that. And I wish I could say that I, I always trust God like that. As your pastor, I'd love to be able to say, hey, folks, let me tell you, I always trust God like that. But I don't find a Bible character outside of the Lord Jesus Christ that trusted the Heavenly Father completely, 100% of the time, all the time, without any worry or concern. I wish I could tell you that. I'm glad there's characters in the Bible like that because I can relate to that. But the simple fact of the matter is, I was enjoying my freedom in Christ. I wasn't worried in the least bit. Not at all. Why? Because at that point in time, I trusted Christ. Even though I was in a vulnerable, vulnerable position, it gave me an opportunity to trust God. Most of the time, you know what we do when we're in a vulnerable position, when we don't know what to do? We start wringing our hands. And we start, oh no, what's going to happen here? And I've got to finagle this. And I've got to finagle that. And I've got to work this out. And I've got to do this. And I'm going to make a couple phone calls here. And I've got some contacts. I've got some pretty powerful people I know. And maybe they can help me out here. And all the while, God's waiting to say, hey, just, hey, I've led you to this position. If you just trust me, I, I'll be able to help you out. I know you feel like the Red Sea's in front of you and the, the, uh, the, Egypt, uh, the, the army of Egypt's behind you, but all that you have to do is just trust me and I can part the Red Sea or I can freeze the Red Sea over or uh, I can just remove the Red Sea. See, vulnerability with God gives us an opportunity to put our trust in him. Take a look in, in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid. That doesn't mean that they were just a little bit scared. They were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, and they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken us away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore hast thou dealt Thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell thee, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. 
You know what happens when we can't see the way out many times? As I mentioned, he said we wring our hands. You know what the other thing is? We panic. We panic. God's not... God has never been late. God always shows up on time. All we have to do is trust him. You want to know, you want to know one of the indicators that we are not trusting God? It's found right in this passage. You can see it right in this passage. Complaining, anger, fear, worry. That's what you see in this passage. We complain, we become critical, we become angry with God, and it's a sign that we are not trusting God. And when we're not trusting God, we can't experience the freedom that we have in Christ. Oh, yeah, I'm free from my sin. I know I'm going to heaven, but I can't enjoy the Christian life. I can't enjoy God leading me. Why? Because I'm consumed with trusting in myself. What had happened is that they had forgotten that God had led them there. Look, God didn't make a mistake. And God hasn't made a mistake in your life. But he was giving them an opportunity just like he gives us an opportunity to be able to trust him. Where were their eyes when they saw the Egyptians? You know where their eyes were? Their eyes were on everything except for God. Their eyes were on the the Egyptian army bearing down on them. Their eyes were on, if you will, the the Red Sea that was before them, that was impassable. What does 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say? For us as believers, you know what it says? It says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Folks, we've got to understand that God is bigger than anything that's in our life. And that all that we have to do to be able to enjoy our, our, our freedom in Christ is to be able to trust him. Just because we may be trapped does not mean that God is trapped. And you know what is interesting? They were in the exact position that God wanted them to be in. God led them there. See, the point is, as long as, the, as, long as you and I are trusting God... Though you and I may end up in a difficult position, you'll be able to enjoy freedom in Christ no matter where you find yourself. That's the point. That's, that's, I believe, some of the teaching that we're trying to pull out of this passage to be able to apply to our life. So if you follow God, no matter where you find yourself, no matter how difficult the circumstance is in life, You can enjoy your freedom in Christ. You can rest in Christ. You can enjoy your liberty in Christ. No worries, no anxiety, no fear, no complaining, no uh, being angry, no critical spirit. Why? Because you're trusting in him. He's led me to this point. And so therefore, since he's led me to this point, he knows where I'm at. It doesn't matter how difficult it is. He will see me through every time. Freedom in Christ is found in following and in trusting God. And number three this evening, freedom in Christ is found in remembering God's promises. Remembering God's promises. What was the overarching promise that God had given to the nation of Israel? It was to lead them to the promised land. To give them a land that was filled with great bounty. The problem was that there was an army behind them 
so they couldn't turn back. And there was the Red Sea in front of them, so they couldn't go forward. It was an impossible situation. But I want you to take a look at Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. And in a moment here, I'm going to ask you to write down three statements if you're taking notes, because this will help you in remembering the promises of God. This will help you in trusting God. This will help you as you follow God. So in essence, I'm going to tell you how you can be able to enjoy your freedom in Christ. Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, and stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Here are three statements that are going to help you hold on to the promises of God. It's right here in this verse. The first is fear not. You know what that is? <clears throat> That's a statement of peace. Fear not. When did, um, when, well, let me say it this way. When Peter saw Jesus on the water and he asked, he asked the Lord if he could come to him. The Lord said, Sure. Come on out, Peter. Peter got out of the boat and he started walking. He was fine. But what happened to him? He saw the wind and the waves, storm. I don't think it was just some simple little storm. I think it was a boisterous, tempestuous storm. I think it was a, a big deal. And when he had his eyes on Christ, he was enjoying all that Christ could offer him. But when he took his eyes off Christ and started to look around, what happened? Fear got a hold of him. He went from faith to fear. And what happened? He started to sink. So many times we start out our Christian life in faith, and that's the only way that you can start your Christian life. We start our Christian life in faith, but then as we progress along and we start to face the impossible situations, instead of having that same simple childlike faith, people have asked me many times, Pastor, what can I pray for you for? I said to have childlike faith. Just to have childlike faith. Children are so trusting. I just want to have childlike faith to just be able to trust God. And sometimes as we progress in our Christian life, that simple faith that we trusted Christ with for our salvation, we start to doubt, we start to have fear, we start to have, we second guess. You know what Moses says here to the people? Fear not. Fear not. Second statement. He says, stand still. First, there's a statement of peace. Fear not. Secondly, there's the statement of patience. Stand still. You know what he's saying? Wait on God. You don't have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You don't have to figure out, well, where are the swords? Where are the spirit? They didn't have any. 
They had no protection. They were totally vulnerable. Moses had told them, God had promised you folks that he was going to free you and you're going to go into the promised land. They knew what God had said. They knew the promises of God. And while the army's bearing down on them, the Red Sea is in front of them. He's saying, fear not. And then he's saying, just, just wait. Just, just calm, calm down. Stand still. And then the third statement, I'd have you write down, see the salvation of the Lord. That's a statement of power. See the salvation of the Lord. He says, fear not. That's a statement of peace. He says, stand still. That's the statement of patience. Then he says, see the salvation of the Lord. That's the statement of power. You know what he's saying? Stand back and watch God work. You know, when you're following God and you're trusting God and you're holding on to his promises, you will see God work in your life like you've never, ever seen him work before. You ever say to yourself, I, I know I've said this, and it's kind of oxymoronic. I don't even know if that's a real word, but I'm, I guess made it up. Um, uh, it's kind of oxymoronic for a Christian to be able to see, say, I can't believe God did that. You ever say, you ever say, I mean, you ever say something like that? That's unbelievable that God did that. No, not really, because God can do anything, you know. So it's kind of weird for us to be able to say that, but you know what I'm saying. And that's exactly what Moses was saying. He's saying, stand back and watch God do what only God can do. I mean, up until this point in Scripture, there had never been a body of water parted like that body of water. And then not only was the body of water parted, but they didn't walk through on muddy ground and walk through on dry ground. That's unbelievable. But because God did it, it's believable. See, Moses was saying, God is going to do what he said. God is going to do what he said he would do. He is going to lead us into the promised land. So if you want to experience freedom in Christ... Hold on to the promises of God. Don't fear. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Take a look, if you will, in Exodus chapter 14 and verse 21. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground. And the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. Can you imagine that? They're driving their chariot, and their wheels just start to fall. That's what it means. Their wheels fell off. That they drave them heavily. So the Egyptians said, now look at this. This is the whole point of experience freedom in Christ right here. Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. 
the whole reason why we ought to enjoy living in our freedom for Christ, following him, trusting him, holding on to the promises that he's given is so that God will be glorified in our life. They didn't say, wow, look at the army of Israel. Wow, look at the great leader Moses. No, they recognized a heathen, ungodly nation recognized that it was God Almighty who was fighting for Israel. Sometimes that's why God puts us or leads us in those situations so that he can be glorified. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand over the sea, that waters may come again the Egyptian, upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all the host of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Now take a look at this. Here's the promise of God. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. When we obey God by following his promises, when we obey God by remembering his promises, here you go, the impossible becomes possible. The impossible becomes possible. See, freedom in Christ can only be enjoyed when you follow God, when you trust God, and when you Remember his promises. Maybe this evening you're having difficulty in following God's plan for your life. It doesn't seem like his plan makes any sense to you. It's not that you're not thankful for your salvation, that you've been set free from sin, but the direction that he has you going in just seems like the long way. Can I encourage you? Just follow them. Just follow them. Are you having a hard time trusting God? If we were all honest, sometimes we all have a hard time following God, and sometimes we all have a hard time trusting God. But maybe this evening you're struggling more than usual. Maybe your heart's fearful, you're confused, you're anxious, you're discouraged. Are you thinking that trusting God has caused you more difficulty and when you don't trust him, remember, you don't know the end of your story. Even though it seems as though trusting God can lead to your demise, God knows the end of the story. So can I encourage you? Just trust him. Sometimes we have a hard time taking God at his word and claiming his promises. And sometimes claiming his promises may seem futile in your life. It may seem like God's not working. The pressures of life are closing in on you. and You can't see how God's going to be able to honor his promises in your life. And I tell you, just hold on to his promises. You know, many of you know what I've been through over the past three years. And my father, who was our pastor for 43 years here, he's been my greatest counselor. 
And though I'm not completely through it, I'm praying that God would allow me to get completely through it. But he has consistently, consistently told me over and over and over, God's going to use this. Just trust him. God is going to bring glory out of this. Just trust him. And I would be like, just like you would be if you were in my position and I was telling you that. But I don't see it. How is God going to, and I would list some of the things that I'm going through. Do you know that already God has used it to be able to help others? He continued to tell me over and over, God will take that which seems to be bad and turn it into good. Why? Romans 8, 28. You know what he's telling me? Hold on to Romans 8, 28 and 29. You, are been, you have been called according to his purpose. Yes. You love God. He will work it out. But how? I don't know. You don't know. But he will work it out. But it's hard, I know. But hold on to his promises. Just keep following God. Keep trusting God. Remember his promises to you, to, to you that he's given you. Hold on to them. It will work out. Let me tell you, I don't say that to puff him up. I don't say that to put myself as an example. I'm just telling you, I am a living example of that. I may not be a living example of many things, but I know I'm a living example of that. I'm not through everything that God has wanted to teach me. I wish I could tell you that I had been completely healed, that uh, God has completely removed all of this from me, and that uh, I, I'm on the right track. Uh, sometimes I have good days, and other times, many times, I will have bad days, and sometimes many in a row. But the truth is still the truth. That if we want to enjoy freedom in Christ, you've got to follow him. You've got to trust him. You've got to hold on to his promises. And let me tell you something. My relationship with Christ is sweeter today than it's ever been. I was trapped between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And God is starting to part the Red Sea so that I can walk through. And let me tell you something. I'm nobody special. He does that for any of his children who are willing to follow, trust, and remember his promises. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Freedom in Christ is found by following, trusting, and claiming the promises.